Hey, what's going on, gang? This is Paging Dr. Teal, the podcast, an authentic perspective on all things motivational, inspirational, and elevational as it relates to holistic wellness. I am the one and only Dr. Teal, and as always, I'm reminding you, your health is your wealth, so child, make sure you take care of yourself. What is going on, people? I'm so, so happy to be back in here. We are back at it again with the back at it again. I'm just trying to give you all the life, all the motivation you need to go out there and be your absolute best self. What's going on today? Um, Hope everybody's had a great weekend and thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. You can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Pocket Cast and Radio Public. We are out in these streets, guys. So please be sure to check us out. We're jumping back into the Soul Lesson series. Our first Soul Lesson was acceptance, and then we did a detour, a pause for the cause, and did a deep dive on the polarizing effects of high-profile celebrity deaths and things. Of that nature and today we're gonna jump back into soul lessons and guess what we're gonna be talking about acceptance and now I was thinking a little earlier as I was getting my mind together for the podcast I was like okay so the first soul lesson was accountability and now the second one is acceptance are they all gonna start with the letter a no they're not that's just some random coincidence (laughs) but there will definitely be some variety but today we're going to be talking about acceptance and I got a great lesson on that just this weekend let me tell you so if you listen to the podcast before I shared with you some of my game changers from 2019 right some of my health hacks and some of the things that got me through. And one of those game changers was the air fryer, right? Y'all, my air fryer died on me. Let me tell you, I was coming home. I had marinated my little chicken wings because I do love a good chicken wing. I do. So I had my chicken wings marinated. You know, I stopped by uh, my local grocery store to pick up a little salad to go with it because, you know, I'm trying to cook more at home and not eat out as much. And so I get all my little supplies from the store. I'm coming home. I'm going to make this fire meal of salad and chicken wings seasoned to perfection with a side of wine and a little bit of nighttime reading. I get everything set up. I pour my glass of wine. I sip my glass of wine. I toss my salad. That's a, That sounded bad, but yeah, I get my salad together <laughs> so that I can eat that as well. Pull out the wings out of the refrigerator. They are perfectly seasoned. Every wing contained a piece of seasoning on it. It was just, uh, it was everything, right? I dropped my wings in the air fryer, you know set the timer, come back 20 minutes later to flip them over, you know, expecting to pop open the air fryer and see golden brown greatness all over these wings. And no, they were still pale, white and pasty and they were not fried at all. And so I'm thinking this is a fluke. I'm thinking maybe I didn't press the button. Cause I was preoccupied and I had my glass of wine. 
And so I do it again. Press the button. Push them back in there. 20 minutes later, I come back. Pale ass, pasty wings, not air fried, not crispy to perfection, nothing. I was hurt, y'all. I was hurt. So you know what I did? I pressed the button again. (laughs) I pressed the button again (laughs) because I was just in utter disbelief that the one thing that I use the most of in my kitchen had just died on me. And I haven't had this air fryer for, I probably had it a year or so now. Like, and I don't know if I got the warranty or not. I couldn't find the box. I couldn't find the receipt. So here, my damn wings are ruined. I just didn't even know where to go from there. And so I spent the whole night lamenting over my air fryer and being super sad over the fact that this perfect meal that I planned that I had already got my mouth all ready for was not going to happen. I was even pissed off at work the next day. I was super, super salty about that. Like you would have thought my dog died, (laughs) but I quickly had to step back for a second and accept the fact that little miss air fryer was one and done. And, you know, we just had to move on from that. And so in accepting the defeat and the demise of my air fryer, shit, I just went out and bought a new one and moved on with my life. (laughs) But guys, today we're going to be talking about acceptance because it doesn't always work like that. You know, life is not an air fryer. You know, life is more of a marathon. It's more of a journey of sorts. So we can't just go and pick up a new life from the local Target or Walmart as convenient as that would be. So that's why we're here back at it with the soul lessons. And today we're going to be talking about acceptance. I'm going to start off with what is acceptance and giving you guys a working definition of that from differing um, perspectives. And then I'm also going to highlight what acceptance isn't. Then we're going to get into talking about why we struggle with acceptance. I'm going to provide you with some ways to cultivate acceptance. And then we're going to close it out with why acceptance is important and how that's going to allow you to be the best version of yourself and invest in your mental health. So let's take a break. We'll be back. You know what I hate? I hate people that go to Walmart and they go to Target. I'm more of a Walmart girl personally, but I fuck with Target. But I hate people that don't put their cart back. If you're one of those people, I hate you. Because you are lazy and you are childish because you don't put your cart back. Be a good citizen and put your cart back. Because what happens? is a gust of wind comes and your cart runs into people's carts. We don't go to Walmart. We don't go to Target. We don't go to the grocery store to have our fucking cars hit by carts. So put your fucking cart back. Put your cart back. Be a good citizen and put your cart back. Thank you. Yes. Be a good citizen 
and put your card up when you're going to your local Walmart and Target and your grocery store. Quick little side note, I do not own the rights to whatever the name that song was that was playing in the background as I was driving. So I was big mad, y'all. Let me tell you what had happened. I was big mad because I went out to go get my air fryer. I went to Walmart to get my air fryer. And they had such a terrible selection of air fryers in there. So I looked and was definitely not pleased and decided to leave without my air fryer. And you already know I was even more upset when I left than I was when I got there. And what made it even worse was just the sea of unattended shopping carts just chilling in the parking lot. Like, there were carts everywhere. There were carts here. There were carts there. There were carts everywhere. There's a respective place for you to put your carts up when you finish your shopping trip. And it doesn't take that much effort to do that. So just a Dr. Teal public service announcement. Be a good citizen and put your card up when you finish your shopping trip. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so serious. Thank you. Let's get back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about acceptance. I'm going to start off with a working definition of what acceptance is from different perspectives. Um, Then we're going to get into why we struggle with acceptance. I'm going to provide you with different ways for you to cultivate acceptance so that you can be the best version of yourself. Then close out with explaining why is acceptance so important in the ever-changing world that we live in today. First, let's define acceptance. Webster would define acceptance as agreeing to receiving something or the act of receiving it. An example of acceptance would be taking a bribe. The definition of acceptance means agreeing with or taking on a belief or beliefs. So that's more of a concrete and basic definition of acceptance. Others might define acceptance as the ability to unconditionally value all the parts of who you are. That means you acknowledge all of yourself, the good things and the things that need to be improved. Now, within the realm of psychology, acceptance is defined as a person's assent to the reality of a situation, recognizing a process or condition, often a negative or uncomfortable situation, without attempting to change it or protest it. And then they have experiential acceptance, which is not simply noticing, but embracing one's experience without judgment or... Now, in the world of psychology, acceptance is such a huge and important virtue that a therapy, a theoretical orientation, as we call it, was created to help individuals who struggle with accepting conditions and stress and life on life's terms. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of information about that. 
acceptance. It's called acceptance and commitment therapy. And the acronym is ACT. ACT is a type of psychotherapy that is tied in complete psychological flexibility and adjustment. The name itself suggests that there are two essential counterparts of ACT. Acceptance, acceptance of miseries, failures, and ailments. And commitment, commitment to changing for the better and following in the right chain of actions. Acceptance, commitment, therapy. So ACT has been used effectively to treat workplace stress, test anxiety, social anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and psychosis. It has also been useful in treating medical conditions, including chronic pain, substance abuse, and diabetes. Now, what I like about acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT is that it's more of an action-oriented approach to therapy. It combines using traditional behavior therapy, which provides you with different behaviors and practices that you can incorporate. And it also combines that with cognitive behavioral therapy, which essentially helps you to think about your thinking so that you can think in a way that's more helpful. So it's like the best of both worlds. With this ACT therapy, combining the best of both worlds from these other two therapies, clients learn to stop avoiding, denying, and struggling with their inner emotions and instead accept that these deeper feelings are appropriate responses to certain situations that should not prevent them from moving forward with their lives because sometimes we get stuck. So ACT is in place to get you back into action. And so with this understanding, clients begin to accept their issues and their hardships and commit to making necessary changes in their behavior, regardless of what's going on in their life and how they feel about it. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. I get it. But acceptance goes a long way. We'll get there. Overall, the theory behind ACT is that it is not only ineffective, but counterproductive to try to control your painful emotions or psychological experiences because that suppresses these feelings and ultimately leads to more distress. You know, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Jay-Z said that, right? ACT adopts the view that there are valid alternatives to trying to change the way you think. And we'll get into some of those a little later. I was gonna give you a little preview, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get there. I love the idea of acceptance being a a theory a virtue that has already been researched studied and proven to be effective it's part of the reason why i wanted to share it as one of the the soul lessons because it's it's something so very simple and practical that we all struggle with every day All right, and shifting gears, acceptance is also a very common virtue amongst faith-based practices, particularly Christianity and also in among Islam. Uh, religions and psychological treatments often suggest a path of acceptance when a situation is both disliked and fated, or when change may be possible only at great cost or risk 
Acceptance may imply only a lack of outward behavioral attempts at possible change, but the word is also used more specifically for a felt or hypothesized cognitive or emotional state. So within Christian beliefs, acceptance is characterized as embracing the reality of a situation based on one's trust in God's perfect will and control. In the Muslim community, acceptance of Allah is similar to people that have considered that are considered Christian and how they accept God as their higher being. Jewish people accept the commandments as a way to live and have a good and fulfilling life. So acceptance is such, such a big and common virtue in the realm of psychology, within the realm of philosophy, and also among faith-based communities. So it's a, it's a wonder why we struggle with it. It's out there, it's available for us through different vehicles, but yet and still we struggle. Well, lucky for you, you tuned into the podcast today and we'll be sharing that with you a little bit later. But let's get into why we struggle with acceptance. I think we struggle with acceptance because it feels more like a passive strategy as opposed to an active one. We're socialized to believe that we have to do, we have to be, we have to go and surrender or being okay with a unfortunate circumstance. It's just not how we're wired anymore. We, we live in a microwave society and we want it here and we want it now. And acceptance just seems more like, you know, laying down instead of going to get it. And so I think we struggle with acceptance just by virtue of social conditioning. You know, we're, we're wired for instant gratification. So to surrender to a circumstance or to wait for something just seems counterproductive and like alien like, right? Like we don't do that. Where do you do that at? And so I think that's part of the reason why we struggle with acceptance. On the other end, aside from being impatient, (laughs) we struggle with acceptance because as human beings with basic needs, we go about our basic needs in very complicated ways. I think to to be human is to overcomplicate the simple things in life. You know, we need we need food, we need water, we need shelter. And once we satisfy those basic needs, then additional needs of emotional support and security can be satisfied. And then once we satisfy those needs, additional needs of self-actualization and being purposeful in life can be satisfied. That's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Ow, I've been studying. Can't you tell? (laughs) Anywho, but we have these basic needs. We go about accomplishing those basic needs in such complicated ways. Perfect example, men versus women, right? Excuse the tangent. This is random, but very relevant. So men, men are a little better at this. Excuse me. I'm just going to be honest. Example, uh, during lunchtime, a man will 
go, if he didn't bring his lunch, he will go and get lunch from an establishment that is close by because logistically that makes the most sense. He needs to eat. He has a 30 to 45 minute lunch. Said establishment is 10 minutes away. It's close in proximity. He can eat and he can get back to work. So man is going to go to the close location, get his lunch and be back to work on time. Women, some of the most complicated creatures in the world, myself included. Lunchtime comes and we've got to have a taste for something. It doesn't matter if we have a 30, 45 minute lunch. It doesn't matter. What matters is what we have a taste for. So if we have a taste for something that is not in our proximity, I myself, as well as my friends and lady colleagues, <laughs> have gone a bit further to get lunch, depending on what we had a taste for. I've been guilty of sometimes coming back from lunch late because I wanted to get Mexican takeout instead of getting something that was closer to my job. And in being mindful of the lunch rush, having to navigate through traffic and eating and getting back to work, all of those things. I think sometimes as women, we will take the road less traveled <laughs> and be complicated and go for, you know, what we feel like we have a taste for as opposed to what makes the most logistical sense. So I say all of that to say acceptance, for example, is something that generally speaking, we as human beings struggle with because we make shit more complicated than it has to be sometimes. Let's take a break, y'all. I know we're talking about acceptance, but one thing that I refuse to accept absolutely is getting sick. With the way that the weather's been going back and forth, I live out down in the South and we literally get all of the seasons in one week. It'll be hot one day, it'll be cold, it'll be chilly, then it'll rain, and then the cycle continues. And with all of that back and forth, it's been wreaking havoc on my immune system and everybody around me. You've got people coughing, germs everywhere, yuck. And I, I can't just walk around with a white mask on all day. <laughs> And so to, you know, combat all the, the weather changes and the sick people, they don't know how to cover their mouths when they cough and they want to touch all the doorknobs and light switches and stuff like that. I've recently started taking, it's a homeopathic medicine. It's called Sambucal. <laughs> I know I'm saying this wrong. It's either Sambucal or Sambucal. I don't know. I'll post the actual name in the show notes. But this stuff right here, let me tell you, it has got me back right. Along with taking my vitamin C supplements, this Sambuco Black Elderberry Immune Support, I got it from my local Walmart. Um, it comes in a box. It gives you two sleeves of about 
27 pills, for example, they are tasty, dissolvable little tablets that you just place on your tongue, allow them to melt, and within 24 hours of you beginning to feel sick, you start taking it. So you'll take it at the first sign of any cough, cold, or flu, and you take it every three hours until your symptoms go away. I got mine, I I had a little uh, sore throat one day. I picked up my Sambuco from the Walmart ASAP. I took it for one whole day, taking one tablet every three hours and look at me out here back at it again with the back at it again, real strong in the immune system and everything. So I'd highly recommend that you go out there if you're a Target girl, if you're a Walmart girl, whatever the case may be, or you might be a guy, whatever the case may be, or gender non-specific, <laughs> whatever the case may be, Sam Buco Black Elderberry Immune Support. It's way better than that emergency. I used to take that before. Emergency has a lot of dyes and chemicals in it, and I'm transitioning to using more natural ways to stay healthy and so that didn't work for me but the Sam Buchel Black Elderberry Immune Support bow like got me back right and so I would recommend that along with just regularly taking any type of vitamin C supplement you may have a multivitamin zinc is really good for boosting your immune system B6 vitamin E And then also foods. There are a lot of foods that also boost your immune system. Citrus fruits are really good. Uh, Red bell peppers, broccoli, garlic, spinach, ginger, green tea, and turmeric. Like, (laughs) you're welcome. You're welcome. Like, we don't have time to be sick. We got stuff to do. We're out here living our best lives. Take care of yourself. You're welcome. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Y'all, I'm tripping today. (laughs) That was funny though, right? All right, so let's get to it. We've talked about what acceptance is, right? I've given you definitions of acceptance from different perspectives. We discussed why we struggle with acceptance. Now let's get into the meat and the potatoes. Like how do we cultivate acceptance? What does that look like? Practically speaking, what can we do to be more accepting of things that we can't control and circumstances that are beyond our control. So number one, one of my favorite, favorite ways to cultivate acceptance and just be more aware of my own experience is journaling. Duh. I said that before in the first episode, (laughs) but if you're just listening, journaling, journaling is an opportunity for you to write out your thoughts for the day, reflect on the nature and the content of your thoughts. And with that, you can begin to identify themes. For example, if you're an overthinker or you're overly negative, those themes will emerge in your journaling. 
And so if we are more mindful about our thinking, if we think about our thinking, then we're in a position to think in better ways to help ourselves. So let me say that again. It's important to think about your thinking so that you can think in more helpful ways because it's not that situation that's upsetting you. It is your thought. It is your feeling about that situation that's upsetting. So if you can be more mindful of your thoughts and feelings, you won't get so upset anymore. And so journaling is an excellent tool to cultivate that level of awareness and allow you to be more accepting of your circumstances. And so the simple act of writing down one's negative or upsetting thoughts helps objectify them, creating psychological distance between oneself and the experience. And so cognitive distancing, psychological term, is the process of stepping back to gain perspective on one's experience. Developing the ability to observe one's thoughts as being distinct from the self, which is a prelude to evaluating the rationality of the thoughts and to restructuring them to be less distorted. So if we're able to step back and say, hey, I'm tripping, then next time it's time to trip We won't fall. You like how I did that there, huh? And so why does this matter? This matters, again, because events, people, and situations do not distress us. It is our thoughts or feelings about those things that make us upset. So we have to be more mindful of our thinking so that we can think in more helpful ways. So journaling, excellent way to be more mindful of your thinking, thus allowing you to cultivate acceptance another let's move on so acceptance is something that easy in theory not so easy in practice and you may not be a journaler and I get that everybody's not going to sit and journal maybe you can write a little note in your phone like if you have an iPhone Maybe you jot down just thoughts and feelings in a situation and maybe that's a more adaptable way for you to be more mindful of your thinking to cultivate acceptance because I get that journaling is not for everybody. Meditation. So meditation, mindful awareness is the most common type of meditation and way to cultivate acceptance and meditation can either be structured or unstructured or it can be a guided meditation but it's totally up to you depending on your preferences so example and i pulled this from the acceptance commitment therapy book that i have the act book um and they have an exercise in the book and it's called leaves on a stream and so for this meditative exercise, so you're, you're sitting and there are various different, different apps and um, music on YouTube that you could use, for example. And so let's say you set up your meditation music. It could definitely choose something without any words. And so you get your meditation music playing. You sit in a corner quietly by yourself and In this particular exercise, you imagine a stream 
in your mind. And in this stream, there are leaves floating in this stream, right? And so you get real descriptive in your mind. You're, you're sitting in your quiet corner. This music, calming music is playing and you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're just breathing and you're imagining yourself sitting near a stream and you hear the water rushing and you feel the sun shining and all that good stuff. Like you got to really get into it. Like it's called guided imagery. And so you're imagining this scene of a stream. And in this stream, there are leaves floating at the top of the water. And so you are to sit and imagine that the contents of your experience are placed on those leaves. And so let's say you get pissed off because of an exchange between yourself and the supervisor at work, right? In order to create some emotional distance from that situation, you imagine <laughs> the encounter and all of your thoughts and images and sensations about that encounter. You put each of them on a leaf. So let's, let's try that, for example. So first thought in the encounter with the supervisor, you're pissed off. So pissed off, we put that on a leaf and we let that float down the river, pissed off, pissed off, pissed off. And then we let it, another pissed off leaf float off again because we're, we're, we're big mad, we're big mad. You, your leave, you requested annual leave and it got denied. So you're upset because your leave, <laughs> and we're talking about leaves here, but your leave was denied. There's nothing you can do about it. So the anger that you have about this denial, anger, you imagine anger, the word anger, put it on the leaf, let it go down the river and flow. And then on the next leaf, bitch, because that's probably what you wanted to call her. <laughs> put that on the leaf and let it flow down the river. And then your body sensations. I'm sure that your jaw is clenched. So clenched jaw, we're releasing that clenched jaw. And we're going to let it go down the river. And our fists are balled up, but we're, our hands are behind our desks, so they can't see it. So balled up fists, like Arthur, like the Arthur meme, right? <laughs> the balled up fists, we put those on the leaf and let it flow down the river. So the whole idea is to unpack that experience little by little, element by element, your thoughts, your feelings, and let them go. And once you let them go, you're good, right? And I know that sounds overly simplified <laughs> and maybe that works for you. Maybe that doesn't. But I found that the practice, the regular practice of meditation, whatever type of meditation that you might use, for example, it helps you to become more aware of your inner experience in your body and you being more aware of your inner experience, your thoughts, your feelings, the sensations that come with that allow you to have more control over how you experience that in the world. 
And so meditation is not for everybody, but I found for myself and a number of the clients and patients that I work with over the years, if they started some sort of meditative practice of their own choosing with their own preferences, it definitely allowed them to cultivate a deeper level of awareness and inner control because we can't control the world. We can only control parts of ourselves. And so meditation has been found to be super helpful in cultivating more awareness of your bodily sensations and thoughts and feelings, which allow you to accept them, accept them in a way with non-judgment. You know, maybe you're more of a thinker instead of a feeler. And so here are some questions that you could ask yourself in situations to determine if your thinking is irrational, which will allow you to cultivate better acceptance regarding the circumstances. So first question, is the situation, so first question, is the situation or just my perception causing me stress? So when you're encountering a situation that is triggering, that is jolting in some way, ask yourself, is the situation or just my perception of the situation causing me stress? Number two, am I expecting things to be other than they are? Am I expecting things to be other than they are? I don't like how that question is worded (laughs) at all, but I get it. Like, do you have an expectation that you're bringing into the situation? And if you do, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? That's just my interpretation and my spin on that one. Number three, am I stressed because of someone else's mistake? Am I stressed because of someone else's mistake? Good question to ask. And and then along with that, something to be mindful of, what someone else eats doesn't make you shit. So you should not be stressed from someone else's mistake. In theory, right? Number four, conflict requires two people. Am I contributing? That's a good one. Conflict requires two people. Am I contributing? Number five, am I wasting time looking for a cause of this situation instead of changing my behavior now? Am I wasting time looking for a cause of this situation instead of changing my behavior now? Great questions to ask yourself in order to cultivate a higher level of awareness of yourself, thus enabling you to accept the things that you can't change. All right, so let's take a break and we're gonna wrap it up, guys. So why is acceptance important? We talked about what acceptance is. We talked about why we struggle with it. 
we talked about how we could cultivate acceptance, practically speaking, whether that be through meditation and journaling, you know, asking ourselves certain questions to be more mindful of our thinking. Some other ways that we might be able to cultivate acceptance include identifying our feelings and releasing our emotions and then also developing a new understanding or taking a different perspective, focusing on the solution and also just being more positive and practicing optimism are also awesome ways to cultivate acceptance. But why is acceptance so important? Why does that matter? Why do we need to have acceptance? How does that help us be great? Well, I think that acceptance is important because through acceptance, we're able to operate with more psychological flexibility. And with psychological flexibility, we develop resilience. And with resilience, we adapt to changing environments and circumstances and life stressors and traumas. And so that psychological flexibility that acceptance offers us serves as kind of a buffer between us and all the ugliness that life has to offer. Acceptance allows us to lean with it and rock with it, so to say, when we need to in life, because life is always coming at us in a thousand different directions and it never, ever, ever stops. And so acceptance allows us the flexibility and the adaptability to stay light on our feet, both figuratively you know, and emotionally speaking. So to highlight this important point, some theorists have recently used the term psychological flexibility to illustrate the importance of limiting efforts to engage with one's experience in a control-oriented or evaluative way to only those contexts in which such efforts are effective and do not entail negative side effects. Emphasizing the pursuit of behaviors consistent with personally relevant goals is important. And these theorists define psychological flexibility pretty much as the ability to fully contact the present moment and the thoughts and feelings it contains without needless defense and depending upon the situation affords persisting in or changing behavior in the pursuit of goals and values. Acceptance leads to more psychological flexibility and psychological inflexibility has been found to predict higher levels of anxiety, more depression, poor performance at work, inability to learn, substance abuse, a lower quality of life, sensitivity to anxiety, long-term disability, and of course, worry. So psychological flexibility is like a, it's a game changer and acceptance is the, the vehicle in which we, we ride on to get there. And so psychological flexibility and acceptance, we gotta just do it. 
you know, and it's, it's easier said than done. And that looks different for everybody. Have you ever met a person that is just such a Debbie downer and they're just always upset about something? You know, we always got that one person, you know, that we work with, and I hope you're not that person that just complains about everything and, you know, a glass half full type of person. That is no way to live if you ask me. And oftentimes those type of people, they struggle with acceptance. They struggle with, you know, accepting, boom, this is where I am, but I can still find the good in this circumstance, you know? And I think uh, someone that's psychologically flexible, they find the positive, they find the peace, they find their little glimmer of hope in every circumstance, you know, because either the glass can be half full or the glass can be half empty. It's just a matter of perspective. All right, guys, so let's wrap up. I've been just in here chatting it up. So acceptance does not mean liking, wanting, choosing or supporting. That's not what it means. Acceptance is an active process and it must be practiced. Acceptance does not mean that you can't work on changing things. And acceptance doesn't mean you're accepting a circumstance is going to be that way forever. We can practice acceptance towards our experience, people, appearance, emotion, ideas, and more. Let me hit you guys with a quote. Of course, there's no formula for success except perhaps an unconditional acceptance of life and what it brings. And that's by author Rubenstein. Shout out to author. That's fire. Let me repeat it for you. Of course, there's no formula for success except perhaps an unconditional acceptance of life and what it brings. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm Dr. Till reminding you that your health is your wealth. So take care of yourself and be sure to eat your vegetables Floss, drink water, and mind your business. I'll let you guys next time.